this morning, I invite you to open up to 2 Samuel. Uh, I've shared before that I, I do go on Facebook. Uh, we put some of our uh, Wednesday Night Live, our service on Facebook. Uh, mainly myself, personally, when I get on, I'm looking for birthdays. Whose birthday it, it, that, I, that I don't know about, that they're not on our church calendar, uh, a friend, family member, whoever it may be. And sometimes I'm on there to kind of just post something that might hopefully point people's eyes to Jesus, whether they know him or, or, or don't. And uh, along with that comes videos that Facebook decides uh, for some reason I may want to be watching. And sometimes they're right. Sometimes I laugh at them. A lot of them you can tell they're staged and they're just, you know, I don't know what, you know, I guess people gain something if you watch their video. But the one that came up that I, I saw that caught my attention was, it was a group of people. It may have been a church group. It may have been like a church small group uh, because it looked like a church group in like a Sunday school room. But it may have been an office staff in their conference room or something. I don't know if you've seen the video I'm going to describe. But they were uh, doing a group dynamics uh, exercise that I've done in the years that I coached girls basketball. We would do this. We would, you know, uh, take one girl and put her in the middle and put a circle of girls around her close enough, you can't do it at a distance, you know, close enough, and basically say to the person in the middle, close your eyes, and you have to learn to trust your teammates, and just put your arms in front of you, right, and fall, you remember that, fall in some direction, and trust that they're going to catch you, trust that, all right, they're, you know, whichever way you're going to go, right, this particular group, though, was doing it more like a it was more like a group of pallbearers that were waiting to get the casket, and the leader was saying to the guy in front, all right, you got to be able to close your eyes and trust that they are going to catch you. And so he put his arms in front of him, and he said, all right, whenever you're ready. And the guy fell forward. You know what I mean? And I, anybody see that video? And he fell forward. They don't show you the end. You don't know whether he hit his face on the ground or whether he got his hands up in time. But all you see is all the people behind him as he begins to fall, going, no, and because they're, they're, they're not going to be able to catch him, right? Uh, he, he went the wrong direction. It is very key in that exercise which way you fall, which way the weight of your body flows, because a change in direction changes the outcome, right? Uh, it, is, it is the key to our spiritual lives, if I can use it turn it a bit, right? The key to our spiritual lives, which way does the river of life flow in us? If I am looking to the horizontal river of life to be my source of peace and confidence and power, or if I am looking to the vertical river of my life, to be my source of peace and confidence and power. Which one's flowing into which in your heart? We're going to see in David's life how those waters are flowing. And uh, we want to ask the Lord to just cause us to do what we've been singing about, just uh, affirm our confidence in him alone. Lord God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that everything with you is secure that you've told us, I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. 
Thank you, Lord, that the victory is ours through Jesus. We know that. I know that on a overall, but Lord, sometimes in my life, I get tempted to try to find it in the horizontal instead of displaying it in the horizontal. And help us to see the difference today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, last week, Pastor Greg preached a great sermon, getting us ready to understand Mark's mindset and the life of Jesus that he's going to be launching into each week that he preaches. But we're going to rewind now again back a thousand years because we've been studying 2 Samuel and David is a thousand years before Jesus. And I want to just remind you where we are. If you've been with us, the last time we looked at the collateral damage of what? Well, uh, King Saul dies. Abner decides, I'm going to put Ishbosheth in the kingdom of the north as king so that David, even though God has anointed him, David won't be king over all Israel. So David's king of Judah, Ishbosheth's in the north. A lot of collateral damage by Abner's decision. It ends up 24 of their best warriors killing each other. Then they have a war where more are lost. Then they're involved in a cold war. Part of the collateral damage for Abner is he's being chased by Asahel, and he has to kill the brother of Joab, who has been his friend, because he started it, and it's, it's coming back on him. Eventually, Joab sees Abner has killed his brother, and the collateral damage leads all the way back to Joab killing Abner. And that's where we are when we pick up David's response to that in chapter 3 and verse 31. David said to Joab and to all the people who were with him, tear your clothes and gird on sackcloth and lament before Abner. David walked behind the word there, buyer, is the the coffin. Maybe your translation says he walked behind the, the casket. Thus they buried Abner in Hebron, and the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And the king chanted a lament for Abner and said, Should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound, nor your feet put in fetters as one falls before the wicked you have fallen. And all the people wept again over him. Then all the people came to persuade David to eat bread while it was still day. But David vowed, saying, May God do so to me, and more also, if I taste bread or anything else before the sun goes down. Now all the people took note of it, and it pleased them, just as everything the king did pleased all the people. So all the people and all Israel understood that day that it had not been the will of the king to put Abner, the son of Ner, to death. Hang on to that thought because that's what is, is, is going to be displaying where David's river is flowing, right? Where, where the, of the life in him, the life of God in what is being seen. But clearly in this passage, David is giving attention to the horizontal river in life, what people see in us. Clearly David is saying, I want us to make a visible display for everybody to see. We're going to tear our clothes. We're going to put on all those old dirty clothes that make it look like we're so sad. And that's what we're, everyone's going to see. And the writer is clearly aware that the people are looking at David and they are uh, being pleased with him. And David is concerned on one level about this unfolding. But before we proceed with this passage, 
Let's jump back ahead a thousand years to where Jesus is on the earth and he's speaking and read some words of Jesus that might cause us to say, well, wait a minute. Is Jesus disagreeing with David? Because what does Jesus say when we get to Matthew's gospel chapter 6? In Matthew 6 and verse 16, Jesus says, whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. For they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret and your Father who is in secret, Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Is Jesus saying, now, you know what David did back then? That, 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 you know, we don't want any of that. If Jesus is contrasting with David, if he's saying it's wrong to ever be focused on what you display on a horizontal level, then he's contradicting his own words from a chapter before. Because in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 14, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so we have Matthew 6, 18, Jesus says, don't be noticed. In Matthew 5, 16, Jesus says, do be noticed. I, uh, I'm a substitute crossing guard for Maple Shade, and I've seen several of you laugh at me as you drove by in my nice yellow coat and hat. And, but I don't, do, I don't do it very often. I don't have the time to, but sometimes they'll be like, hey, we really need, can you do it? And in the morning at 7 o'clock, you're done by 9. You know, I, I don't usually have much planned before then, and on. So one day I was the crossing guard at, and, and, and I may have sh shared this on a Wednesday night. On the, anyhow, I was the crossing guard at the railroad tracks near the Wawa, if you, you know, in the center of town, right? And any of you people who are familiar with that area know it's a mess. Like if you go into that Wawa, you pay attention when you're backing out or when you're leaving or whatever, because people are coming from every direction, right? And that, we, we have two crossing guards at the tracks there. We've got one on the north side at, at Broadway, uh, and we've got one on the south side of the tracks at Front Street. And that's where I was. And that's really the tougher intersection because, you know, you got Front coming along there, those of you who know it, and the, you know, the, the, the train station here. And it's, it's not a, you know, you got the senior housing, and you got to, if you're trying to cut across, you're looking here, there, and you're cutting. Is he going to go? If they're not going, if they hesitate, you know, everybody, you know, it's just a, it's a mess there. It's the only place as crossing guard that I've just barely been missed getting run over, right? You know, at that intersection. Well, that particular day, I'm, I'm watching, and I'm talking to the guy. I'm looking north. I see a red truck coming down, and uh, I see a, 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 a Napa, Napa Auto Parts car coming along Broadway. And in my mind, I'm thinking, it looks like this guy's going to try and beat anybody. And, and it, it unfolded right in front of me. The truck's coming uh, probably quicker than 25 miles per hour, but out comes the Napa car. It was a violent collision. 
the truck goes off by the pole there, off by the tracks, the car spins in the intersection and smoking, the guy falls out onto the ground and crawls to the curb. The other crossing guard, he looks at me and says, call it in, and he runs, you know, to uh, the people, and so I'm, okay, I, I, I called 911, here's what we got, you know, we got, we got injuries, you need to get, you know, but the main thing I want you to know, it's on Fork Landing, it's, it's 8.15 in the morning, it's going to be a mess traffic-wise, you know, get us out of here, you know, and uh, out of this mess, I mean, and care for people, I, I did care about the people, not just the, the but, um, <laughs> So as soon as I off the phone, he's, he yells to me, the other crossing guard, I got the traffic on the north. You got the traffic on the south. Now, that's been a dream of mine, <laughs> you know. Ever since I started the sidewalk squad when I was a kid, I was the only member on my bicycle. But I mean, to have that, you know, I take my safety belt I had when I was a kid. Those of you who remember that, you know. Uh, but so the problem is this. In training, they teach you, you are not a traffic cop. You are not to direct traffic as a crossing guard. You are not to wave cars on. You're just to care for the kids. Get your body out there. That's why we gave you the big red sign and the yellow coat and hat, you know what I mean? Get out there and be noticed. But on this occasion, so I'm out in the middle of the road and, uh, you know, the intersection completely stopped. There's no emergency vehicles there yet. I got cars that are sitting here waiting to go and, and over here and the Wawa and, and a woman's coming and I'm trying, you can't go straight. And so I said to her, <laughs> and I don't know why, I don't know what, just to me it was, you got to go that way or that way. And she just pulls up and just stops and just goes, ah, what? what what are you telling me to do, right? You know, and, uh, you know, I, 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 they, I realize you real cops out there, maybe, 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 I don't know what your hand signal is to split, but I realized I'm kind of saying go different directions, right? You know, and, and as soon as she's sitting there, then I saw one of our real cops coming, and I quick got off to the side, you know. I, I'm not getting in trouble here, right? Is that what Jesus is doing? Be noticed, don't be noticed. What? What do you want me to do, Jesus? Now, we know Jesus does not give conflicting information. The key is, which way is the river of God's life flowing in you? Because it's all about the motivation. And that's the heart of it. One person may be involved in, in, in a, a, a ministry, in, 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 in a social work, whatever, with one motivation, one person may be involved with another. Which way is the flow? In other words, when you look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, he says what? So that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 6, 16, so that they will be noticed by men. One is the vertical flow. The other is the horizontal flow. If my focus in life is on my vertical relationship with God. If I am focused on all of my confidence in my faith, my peace, my power, coming from this relationship, then I should and will care about it flowing into the horizontal level of life that people will see Jesus in me. But if my focus becomes on the horizontal, if my faith starts to look to find support and approval in the horizontal rivers of life 
and they start to flow into the vertical. Listen, you're setting yourself up for a shipwrecked faith. That's it's what's going to happen. Because your faith is not supposed to be built on anything that's happening in the horizontal. It's supposed to be built completely on what's happening in the vertical relationship with God. Let's see that truth back, as Jesus gives it to us, see it back in 2 Samuel, how it unfolds in this passage and how I believe it's exactly what David lives out, right? The writer in 2 Samuel has placed the murder of Joab, excuse me, the murder of Abner by Joab that we just read David's response to, right back to back with the murder of Ishbosheth, right? And what do we read in chapter 4 and verse 1? Now, when 2 Samuel 4 1, when Ishbosheth, Saul's son, heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he lost courage and all Israel was disturbed. So the sons of Ribnon, verse 5, the Berethite, Rechab, and Banai, I don't care if I'm pronouncing them right or wrong, departed and came to the house of Ishbosheth in the heat of the day while he was taking his midday rest. They came to the middle of the house as if to get wheat. They're, they're sneaking. And they struck him in the belly and they cut his head off. We're going to see that. We have a situation here, if you remember the context, because Abner set Ishbosheth up as the king over the northern tribes of Israel. And so they have, they have two primary leaders Abner, their powerful military leader, Ishbosheth, their political leader. And now both of them have been murdered. God has anointed David to be king over all of Israel. But what they need to know is, is David trying to manipulate the horizontal waters to stir the power of God. In other words, is David seeing the power of God in what's happening on the horizontal playing field? Because in their minds, these people now in the north, if so, David, were, did, were, did you give Joab permission to kill Abner? Were you okay with Ishbosheth being murdered? Is that where your flow is really coming from? on the horizontal level, and that's what's important to see because one writer says, what had the potential for being very divisive actually served as a unifying event. And I'll tell you why. It's because David was seeing all the power and peace and confidence and comfort from the Lord, and he was displaying it on a horizontal level. Look how that unfolds. In verse 8... Then they brought the head of Ishbosheth to David at Hebron. They said to the king, Behold, the head of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, your enemy, who sought your life. Thus the Lord has given my Lord the king vengeance this day on Saul and his descendants. And uh, pretty soon one of them is going to look at the other and say, I told you this was not a good idea. Because David responds in verse 9, As the Lord lives who has redeemed my life from all distress... When one told me, saying, Behold, Saul is dead, and thought he was bringing good news, I seized him and killed him in Ziklag, which was the reward I gave him for his news. How much more when wicked men have killed a righteous man in his own house on his bed, shall I not now require his blood from your hand and destroy you 
from the earth. We had our grandson Grayson over our house. I think it was this past week, last week, maybe, maybe a week ago. And Grayson loves bugs. He loves, you know, spiders. He loves sharks, scorpions. I don't mean he plays with real ones, but I mean he loves it. And so when he's over, he wants to watch. I want to see, I want to watch National Geographic. We're watching a National Geographic channel, and we're watching a show about ants. And it's, first off, it's stunning to me where we've gone with photography. I, get, I, I can only assume some of the ants have little cameras on their heads. Because the, 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 it's, it's, just, it's just stunning, right? But he's watching, and I can tell this, there's an ant there that's being attacked by an enemy bug of some kind. Grayson is watching with the intensity that I sometimes watch an Eagles game. And the ant is losing. Uh, to me, it's like the ant is being chased out of the pocket with the ball, right? And, and, and as Grayson's getting so frustrated watching this scene, Grayson yells out at the ant, Are you kidding me? Spray your formic acid. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking... If it's me, I'm going, are you kidding me? Hurts, throw the football, right? Get rid of that. And, and at that moment, I'm also thinking, he, he's at a different level of intelligence than me. I'm, I'm saying throw the ball. I don't even know an ant has formic acid. I, I didn't know that. Here's my four-year-old grandson. Spray the, it's that, you got to see that kind of intensity here that these guys kill Ishbosheth and they say, hey, David. We know you're going to feel better. We got rid of your enemy. And David says, are you kidding me? Have you not been watching me? Are you kidding me? My peace is not built on being safe horizontally. My peace is built on being secure vertically. I could have killed Saul. I could have killed Abner. I could have killed Ishbosheth. I could have changed the horizontal landscape. But that's not what you're seeing. The heart of David, what does he say? He says, as the Lord lives. That's what my confidence is. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. That's what our confidence is. That's what we share together. Listen, we share with people there are Mexican Christians, Russian Christians, Ukrainian Christians, Chinese Christians, right? Iranian Christians that are all going to be with us side by side, right? There's one eternal kingdom. That's the source of power. And David says, what I want you to see is my focus is on the Lord alive and well. It's the same thing he displayed back in 1 Samuel chapter 17. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, when he fought Goliath, right? Verse 26, then David spoke to the men who were standing by him saying, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? We have God what is it that is so upsetting you that's happening on the horizontal battlefield that you don't realize that your God can go 
and it all falls apart and topples. He's going to win, right? And, and so David, David says, well, I'm looking at him. I'm going to, my display in the horizontal is going to be based on the flow from the vertical. Verse 37, and David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. And it's that vertical flow that is causing to go into the horizontal flow, because it should. We see that in verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that this that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And you read that, and you realize, wow, oh, Lord, make me more like David, right? That, that the sense of confidence he has, the vertical, God will deliver me, flows into the horizontal, so that everyone will see the power of God active in my life. Do we want people to see our lives? Yes. But what do we want them to see in our lives? We want them to see that our trust is not in our money. It's not in a, you know, a means of earthly power. Our trust is in God. It's in God. Peter and John say to those in charge, yeah, we know. You're in charge of the horizontal river here, the landscape, you tell us whatever you think, we're going to obey God. We're, we're on the vertical. We're going to obey God and watch God take a kingdom of a, a, a few thousand people and spread it to Maple Shade, New Jersey <laughs> through, through, through a couple thousand years, right? That's what our God can do. That's what David's trusting. And that's what we need to realize when we come back to 2 Samuel, right? We need to see in this passage, when we read in verse 36 of 2 Samuel 3, now all the people took note of it and it pleased them, just as everything the king did pleased all the people. That verse is not conflicting with Galatians 1.10 where Paul says, do I seek the, the approval of men or of God? Because if I seek the approval of men, I'm not seeking the approval of God. That verse isn't, isn't saying, oh, David was seeking the approval of men. No. What that verse is saying is that David has been driven not by the horizontal approval. He's been driven by the flow from his vertical relationship with God, his confidence, his peace, his power. And it has flowed into the horizontal that all might see what it is that they said. So all the people of Israel understood that that day, verse 37, it had not been the will of the king to put Abner, the son of Ner, to death. In other words, because of his confidence in the vertical power of God, he wanted them to see on the horizontal level. So you see, I wasn't looking for, to, to get into power by, by killing Abner or by killing Saul. I was trusting God to put me in where he wanted me to be. His vertical power flowed into his daily life. And I just gotta tell you folks, our security 
in our vertical relationship with God is critical to the vitality of our spiritual lives. It's just critical. We cannot compromise our faith. We cannot compromise our beliefs so that we find peace in the horizontal waters, right? But likewise, we can't focus on changing the horizontal landscape of the world. It's a dark world. Paul says we're to shine as lights in the darkness, right? We can't focus on changing the landscape for us to have peace. What do I mean by that? I can tell you I have failed on both of those accounts. I can think of times in my life where I sought the approval of people to make me feel better about my faith, better about uh, being more confident in my, you know, and, and, and in essence, the horizontal water was backflowing into the vertical. I can think of times in my life where I was very involved in what? Trying to, I'll tell you my motivation, trying to make it so that the, the, the horizontal flow was more comfortable and easier to live in as a Christian, right? And I had to realize, what I'm doing now, what am I doing? I, I, I'm letting the horizontal waters flow back into the vertical, and it's not supposed to flow that way, Right? What did Jesus say in John chapter 14 about our comfort and our confidence, where it must come from? He said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So Peter and John said when they were like, we're going to, you know, those in power were like, we're going to beat you up and we're going to arrest you. And they were you do what you want to do. Our confidence is in God. It's a peace that doesn't come from this world. And what Jesus is saying is, my peace I give to you on a vertical level. If you are not making the priority of your life, the focus of your life, the emphasis of your life on your personal vertical relationship with God, you're never going to find peace and confidence in the horizontal waters. It's not meant to be that way. It has to flow from him through us into that. And it can. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Keep the flow coming from vertical into the horizontal. Does God want to display his glory through your life on the horizontal level? Yes, he does. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. But that light is only going to shine if you remember the words of the psalmist in Psalm 62. Once God has spoken, he says, twice I've heard it, power belongs to God. Christians, that's where our power will be if people see that our playing field is the power of God through us. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Father, we thank you for this passage of Scripture. We thank you for David's display that was so critical, so critical for the next step that he would become king and capture Jerusalem. It was critical for all to see his confidence was not 
in the horizontal, it was completely in his vertical relationship with you. Oh, Lord, that's our prayer for us as individuals, for us as a church. Lord God, get our eyes back on you if, if, if we faltered. It is so easy to be tempted to see the power in the horizontal. Oh, God, help us see. All the power comes from an event 2,000 years ago. When Jesus Christ, the suffering servant, humbled himself and the world saw weakness and Jesus paid the full price on the cross to bring victory to his eternal kingdom. Help us, Lord, to revel in that power. We pray in your precious name. Amen.